Come join PleasurePassport.shop for a fun and playful destination of adult toys, monthly surprises, exclusive discounts, and a judgment-free, sex-positive community that offers comprehensive online education on safe sex practices and empowers individuals to shed shame and freely explore their sexuality. For those seeking love on a budget, they've created the Pleasure Passport newsletter and subscription box, which are both full of exclusive sales and giveaways every month. Discreetly delivered to your doorstep, these exclusive subscription packages offer limited time offers, discounts, and regular shipments of fun new toys to enjoy solo or with a partner. With Pleasure Passport, you can embrace your desires, indulge in safe exploration, and experience a world of pleasure without judgment or inhibition. Go journey together towards a more fulfilling and satisfying adult fun experience. Explore, learn, and enjoy the Pleasure Passport way. And now, when you check out, type in discount code EVO to get 20% off. That's discount code EVO. Link will be in the show notes. Goals are finally set. Last week I said I was going to do the thing and start Monday, January 1st, 2024. The thing, that's the thing I'm going to do. I have accountability partners now. I have you, the listeners. My fatherless behavior squad. Roundup. I'm kidding. I'm doing the thing. And so I grabbed a notebook and I started writing down what I wanted to do. I live streamed it. Jaded Samia, one of my good friends who I always shout out at the end of the podcast, joined me in my guest box and we were drafting ideas for workouts and what we should do. She said, listen. Because that's what she says. She says, listen. Listen. We are doing this thing. We are doing the thing. And so we just went to work on what we are planning to do. If you want to come along on this journey, you are more than welcome to do it with us. I will tell you what moves we did on the January episode of the podcast. But I can tell you now, I can tell you now what we are calling it. I told her, let's do a solo challenge. Because years ago, I was known as the guy that did group challenges. I was. I was known as that guy. But now, it's time to go solo. It's time to do it yourself. It's time to not depend on other people to help you. It's time to fight this one on your own. It's boss battle time. I bet. All the wrestling fans thought I was going to say, it's Vader time. No, no, no. I'm calling it the 1000 challenge. Jaded, Jaded got a little worried. But I told her, it's just the name of the challenge. We are reaching our destination to 1000, 1K, every week if a different set of workouts. Your choice is how many you want to do. Every 
Every week is a different set of workouts. Your choice is how many you want to do. Shut the fuck up. Every week is a different set of workouts. Your choice is how many you want to do. Now before I continue, there are two types of ways to do this challenge. For those that have access to the gym and like to go to the gym, you can include weights as well. It's your choice. Jaded got this choice. As for me, I don't have a gym. I don't, I can't, I don't have money for a gym. But I did mention I have a treadmill, a bike, battle ropes, weights, and stairs. So I will do my best. Some of these moves you need a gym, but for those that have known me for a long time, I've found ways around it. Side quest story. Man, I haven't done a side quest story in a while. Side quest story. Alright, so side quest to the side quest story. If you ever heard of the Freddie Prince Jr. podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, or Wrestling with Friends now, he used to say this all the time when he wanted to like talk about like a flashback or everything about the freaking podcast show is a flashback. But he said, I was like, all right, let me sidetrack on this and this and call it a side quest story. Um, so it came from him. But ever since I heard it from him, I've been using it as that instead of saying sidebars. So when people ask me, sidebar me, I'm like, yeah, let's go, let's go side quest. They don't know what the hell I'm talking about. I digress. I know. So here's the side quest story. I used to love going to the Nerf Fitness app because they would have some crazy ass, geeky, nerdy workouts. And they would show you how to do some of these with a gym membership or just at home. Nerf Fitness was an amazing app that fucking started out in 2012 or maybe before that but I like found out about it in 2012 and the reason I found out about it is because they created this fucking workout called the Konami Code Workout yes for those that don't know gaming the Konami Code is a cheat code created by Kazuhisa Kashimoto first used in 1986 in the release of Gradius 1986 of course a scrolling shooter for the NES Nintendo Entertainment System and was popularized among North American players on the NES version of Contra the code is also known as the Contra code and 30 lives code since the code provided the player x30 extra lives on Contra the code has been used to help non-expert players to progress through the game. It's a cheat code for a reason, guys. The code goes as follows. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B-A. And for some reason, I would always press start. I don't know why. Like, I would also think, I would always think start was at the end of this code, but it's not. Up. Up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B-A. Up, up, down, down, also the name of WWE wrestlers, Xavier Woods' YouTube channel, 
where he invites fellow WWE performers, gaming personalities, friends, and guests to play games against each other or himself. In August of 2018, it won the Guinness World Record for most subscribed to celebrity video gaming channel with 1.6 million subscribers. So what Nerd Fitness did was made a workout out of this in 2012, like I mentioned earlier. So back then at the time that I researched this, I was laid off from this job. I needed something to do. So I wasn't working for a while. I needed that fucking break. So I started working out from home because I didn't have a gym membership anymore. I, it was always at work, work, gym, work. Gym, gym, work. And then I get laid off. No more gym. So enter nerd fitness and my inspiration for everything nerd related. Steve Lamb, the creator of nerd fitness, made a YouTube video where he wanted to play homage to his favorite cheat code. And this is how he described the Konami code workout. Up, up. Pull-ups, so pull-up, pull-up, or body weight row or dumbbell row for two repetitions. Down-down, push-up, push-up, any variation for two repetitions. Left-right, left-right, lunges with each leg for two repetitions. The B means burpee. I know, we all hate burpees. I know, I know, I know, we all hate burpees but hear me out you can jump at the beginning or at the end your preference a is for air squat for one 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 means a little repetition all right so you have pull-ups pull-ups push-ups push-ups lunge left lunge right lunge left lunge right burpee and a squat Depending on your particular situation, you can try a few variations of this workout. So he sets a time for 5 to 10 minutes and see how many complete circuits you can complete in that time. Record your number and come back a week later under the same conditions to beat your own record. Set a goal number of circuits. Try 5, 10, or 20 complete circuits and see how long it takes you to complete the workout. Record your time. And attempt again a week from now to see if you can complete it faster. Do a circuit or two during commercial or game breaks. Watching a TV show? Playing a video game? See if you can complete a circuit or two during a commercial break or between levels. Certainly better than nothing. Right? For those without a gym membership or dumbbells as he described to the body weight or pull-ups, Get underneath the table and pull yourself up from that table. So I did this whole circuit thing. I did it. I did it. I don't remember what the exact number was, but I remember it kicked my ass the first time. I thought I was able to do stuff. I just wasn't expecting the burpee, but it kicked my ass the first time. But when I did it again, I did it better. Alright, so side quest completed. Back to our challenge story. Jada Samia thought there was no way she was going to do a pull-up. So I, of course, no ways around workouts. 
So I told her about the table pull-up. You can do different variations of a workout if you can do it normally. Can't do push-ups? Try knee push-ups first, and then work your way up. Evolution. Evolve it. Progress it. We both wrote this down on a pad. We are starting very soon, and we hope you all join us on this Fitler journey. Fitness journey, to be exact. The first week we have pull-ups, push-ups, jump ropes, squats, jumping jacks, mountain climbers. And if you have stairs, walk up and down 1,000 times. Do whatever you like. Or get moving every day by walking one mile. Totally easy. You don't have to reach to 1,000 just yet. Just write down what you did through the week. And see if we can do better the next month. Week two, diamond push-ups. Put your hands together to form a diamond and do regular push-ups. Dips, sumo squats, pelvic thrust, cherry pickers, bear crawls, steps up to 1.5 miles daily, and plans. I mean, planks. With planks, it's about how long you can stay on that hold. So don't forget to record your time every time you do it. Week 3, spider push-ups. See how the push-ups are evolving as you progressively get through the week? That's the whole point of this. Your evolution. Your progress. Squat jumps. Just the way it sounds. Squat down. And then jump up. Lunges. High knees, battle ropes if you have them, step ups, steps up to 1.5 to 2 miles daily. And the battle ropes, you can just time it. If you can beat your own time every day, that's progress. For week four, are y'all ready for this? Are y'all ready for this? Pull ups, plank push ups. Plank push-ups, oh yeah. What you do is you maintain a plank position. You alternate between a high plank and a forearm plank, and then you do a push-up and back to plank. Again, more dips. Mountain climbers, walking lunges, and steps up to two to three miles. By week five, you'll probably be there by the next month, and you have everything written down. So you do the next month, and you compare how well you did. From the first month. And that's my challenge. You are going up against yourself. You are telling yourself. Yes you can do this. Yes I have the capability of doing it. Yes I can. That's not what the challenge is about. It's about mindset. That's not all what the challenge is about. It's about mindset. It's about your mental health. It's about taking care of you and your body. I set other goals as well. I tend to drink a lot of energy drinks. I go with Zoa still. But halfway through the year, I started getting into C4. And I tend to buy a lot for the week. But I also notice how I need it in order to survive the night. Because I want to stay up and work on the podcast. Or listen to music with my friends. I'm putting a stop to my energy drinks. I offered up the idea and I was told to do it. And now it's on the podcast. It's here. It's it's right here. I just said it. 
I can't go back. You all know what I say all the time. If I say it in the podcast, it has to happen. It has to. I can't give it up just like that, though. Before, I used to drink twice a week. I used to do it during podcast episodes when I started recording the podcast twice a week. Those were the twice a week that I would drink it. You know, occasionally. Then I started a little live streaming. This thing right here. And I kind of spent a lot of money this year on those things. So I have decided I'm going to go back to twice a week. Maybe this be- maybe this weekend. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe for the weekend only. Just Friday or Saturday, Saturday or Sunday. We'll just have to wait and see. One of my best friends, I shout her out also, Mini Mommy Dancer, suggested I do one a week. I can't do that. Not yet. But she's right. I'll do twice a week. And once I'm uncomfortable, once I'm able to do it, I'll go down to one a week. I also have this 32-ounce bottle next to me when I stream which has come to be known as the water well because I was told it's so huge it looks like I stole water from a village somewhere a village is missing its water well and I have it apparently so here's my other challenge if you're listening and you see me make sure to remind me to drink from the well drink from the well Of course, I'll shout you out and thank you. And even if I don't want to, just keep pushing me to do it, will you? Appreciate it. That's what this challenge is about. Pushing yourself. So yeah, Bottleless Behavior Squad. Yeah, if you're listening. Are you ready to go on this journey with me? Are you ready to get pushed? Before I start the show, I want to end this with this. I want to end this by telling you this. Whatever it is that you want and need in this life, speak life into existence. No excuses. You can have it. Go for it. Make it happen. Speak it. Believe it. Own it. Claim it. Welcome back, Fatherless Behavior Squad. It is here. It is the last episode of the year, 2023. I hope you all had an amazing holiday. I hope you all got what you wanted. I wish you all nothing but the best. I feel... I uh, kind of sounded like Adele there for a minute. I, on the other hand, can't wait to see 2023 in the dust. Put it in the rear view mirror, so to speak. If we're going to go by metaphors and cars, then let me just say this. 
Fast and Furious kind of way. This whole year with me doing the It's Been a Long Day song by Wiz Khalifa. Y'all know which one. I've mentioned family before. Then let me go back to the first movie and reference this part. I can't wait to get a bunch of nods and race past the finish line of 2023. It's done. It's over. I did bring up another metaphor earlier in the week. I'm sure your listeners have played Sonic the Hedgehog sometime in your life or Twitch career, correct? You played Sonic the Hedgehog, right? So you know when you get hit by someone and the rings scatter? And then you panic. You do the panic. You start panicking and you try to at least get some of them back. That's what Christmas at the end of the year feels like to me. I've been running the whole year at full speed, doing episodes after episodes and working my ass off. Only to get hit with the holidays. And the rings have scattered. The rings are like scattered about the coins, the coins, rings, whatever. My battery life, basically. But instead of panicking, I let them go. I can rebuild. Start fresh in 2024. New rings, new coins, whatever the hell that is. New outlook. New game. Hello, my name is Evo, and you're listening to the podcast where I usually throw in a 15-minute monologue before I talk about what I came to talk about. It's what you're here for, right? No? I get it. If you're not here for that, cool. But if you are, then you're down here with me, trying to hide with me, and try to record another episode of From Under the Apron. This is the last episode of the year, the season finale, so to speak. My season finale. Of course I'm coming back. I just love talking about seasons on here. I am back with another recap and review of Glow on Netflix, and this one is of Season 1, Episode 9. But before I talk about that, I want to pull out my bag of questions. My, not, not really bag of questions. They were here. I was asked a question by a friend of mine, Dalo17. We love her around here. She asked, have you ever been to a different country? And it was so where. My response was yes. When I was young, when I was little, around possibly 12 years, 10 years old, my mom left me in Nicaragua. There was a little reaction. <laughs> Evo, what do you mean left you? Left you where? <laughs> left me in another country, in Nicaragua. Like, she left me there. Okay, so we gotta rewind back, of course. I, of course, wanted to stay there. And I shouldn't have. But I was young and dumb, so I stayed there anyway. So my mom took me, my sister, and my younger brother to her homeland, her country, her native country, Nicaragua. Like, uh, of course, I realized what we were doing when we boarded a plane from California. And obviously, I knew the reason why. 
But my brother and sister didn't. They didn't know. They do now, but they didn't know at the time. They understood later in life why, and that's the reason I don't come around anymore. Um, my stepfather was abusive towards my mom and myself. So she did what she had to do in order to give me a good life. But she wanted me to meet my other side of the family. Her other side of the family, basically. And thus, we went to Nicaragua, Central America. Jeez. And I experienced such a culture shock. There, I met a bunch of cousins. Uh, an uncle, her brother, who has a daughter and shares the same birthday as me. Yeah, unfortunately, I share it with her. And my grandmother. Oh, boy. My grandmother, who was a savage. More on her in a minute, because I told Dalo this story, and it ended up being three different stories about my grandma. So, I'm just going to tell at least one of them here. And if you like what you hear then maybe I'll tell more grandma stories <laughs> in the near future. First, let me tell you this. I was the whitest Mexican kid in the room. Ever. Everyone was brown-skinned. All the Central American people. The whole family. Everybody. Even the neighbors. You know. You know. You know. You know that saying, it takes a whole village? This is what it was. It wasn't a village. It was a block. And in this block, everyone knew no matter what the tea was. It wasn't even a block either. It was just like more like... Uh, what? A six block radius? Jeez Louise. I was known. This was a six block radius. So when I say that the next day I was walking around the block and people already gave me a nickname, like, what? What? So they gave me the once overlook and said, we're going to call this ch kid Chele. Chele means white boy. I, ha I asked. <laughs> Nobody said my real name. They just said, Chele, que onda, donde vas vos? And, of course, I'd answer back. Like, I asked my grandma what that meant, and she told me, and I'm like, oh. She said, nothing wrong with that. It does mean that they all like you. It's like, all right, cool. That's great, awesome, sweet. My mom stayed here for three months, summer vacation, I figure, you know. But eventually she had to go back, because some guy... In California, was missing his kids, and he couldn't stand it, so, you know, my mom had to call him back, call him and say, like, are you okay? And, Where are you? Come on. Yeah, that was her. So she told us we're all going back home. I fucking didn't want to go back home. I was having fun in Nicaragua, enjoying this fucking life, bro. I liked it here. Me gusta aquí en este. The uh, uh, country, como se dice, excited. <laughs> so you know, um, I liked it here. 
I, I enjoyed it here. I was at ease here. Nothing was going on here in my life to in a traumatic a traumatic sense. So I asked my mom if I can stay. My grandma said, "Oh yeah, we could we we could we could look out for him." This lady said we. I didn't understand what she meant by we, but she said we. She said we would look out for him. And she also said the whole block can watch over me as well. I didn't understand what that meant. I was confused. But then I got it. I got what she meant by that. Because of that comment, I was well protected. I tell you, I was well protected. Because this is the part about grandma's stories that I'm about to just like, poof. It's going to be out there for you to... Guys, when I tell you she was well-known, I... She was the nobody-fucks-with-her-kind-of-boss lady. Okay? I was fucking scared for my life at one point. <laughs> I asked my mom, where did you send me? <laughs> um... I didn't notice until I saw her whack this man across the head with a rock. Okay? Okay, so let me paint the picture real quick. Let me tell you this story. And then, like, we can go from there. I was outside playing with the cousins. And then I see my grandma arguing with this man. We all stood around to see what was going on, what was going to happen. The cousins were just hanging out, and, like, we just see them... Like, we go, we do, like, a group thing. Like, you know how everybody, there's a fight at school and we're about to freaking watch. But we stop playing. We're just looking out. And I'm, like, looking at my grandma, like, is, does she need help? Should we go help her? This dude is just, like, standing there right in front of her. She, like, hasn't gotten out of her face yet. And he's all like, no, no, no. Just, like, you know, let the adults do their thing. And I'm like, why is my cousin saying this shit? Like, what? What what's going on? <laughs> um, we just all stood around, and then one of my little cousins went to go get my uncle. As like as he was coming out, he was standing right beside me, and he asked me what's going on. And I'm just like I don't know. I mean, I just they're arguing, and next thing I know. This man spits in her face, and oh boy, my uncle took two steps forward because he was going to go over there and fucking do not disrespect my mother. He took two steps forward, and my grandmother had a rock with her in her right hand. Me and my uncle saw it, and we're just like, oh, shit. You see that? Yeah, we see it. So when you take those two steps forward, it was over with. She did one of these freaking... <clears throat> sorry. She did one of these where she fucking turned, grabbed right hand, smacked a rock across his face, breaks in half. The rock breaks in half. He is out of it. She wails the dude. Bam! And my uncle just stopped in mid-fucking stride and just like, oh, well, shit, okay. 
I guess she doesn't need my help. When we're doing the whole, like, oh, shit, you know, like, oh, my God. Wow, did everybody just see what I just saw? Nobody is reacting to the way I'm reacting. I'm like, <laughs> wow. She stands over him and looks down at him. And like nothing, she just walks towards us. Let's go. I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> the cops get called and everyone scatters around. Away, away from the place. They pick him up and haul his ass to jail. They asked what happened and nobody snitched, but they haul his ass to jail. Because he was a fucking drunk. And I'm like, nobody snitched. Nobody said anything. That That's amazing. That's when I knew my grandma was a boss and well-respected around the neighborhood. And I was like, oh shit. I, I'm uncomfortable and scared for my life now. But I shouldn't have been because I was well protected. Everyone knew me. Everyone knew as, hey, you're that kid, right? You're uh, that lady, Micaela Artola's. Oh shit, did I just dox her? Micaela. You're Micaela's uh, son, right? Our grandson, right? I'm like, yes. Yes, I am. Oh, okay. Like, how do you know about her? Oh, we all know about her. Everybody knows about her. She's well-respected. Señora Doña. Doña Micaela. I'm like, oh my God. I didn't know shit about Godfather at the time. But in time, I'm just like, my grandmother was a Corleone. Like, she handled bit. She handled Business, bro. She stood on business, bro. Alright, um... I want to tell you two more stories. But, oh my... You know, I'm going to save these two stories because they're fucking incredibly amazing. I... <laughs> uh, the other story... Uh, okay, so here's, here's a little teaser. There's another story where she runs after my cousin's best friend. Like, she, we drive, we were inside a cab, and she just takes off to go after my cousin's best friend. I don't know what happened. I, I do know what happened, but at the time, I'm just like, what the hell? Another story? Another story is when my grandmother had a fucking machete ready to fucking attack the man that hit her son with a car. And I'm like, for the love of God, this is fucking crazy. What, where did I end up in? What kind of country is this? I don't want to live here anymore. I called my mom. <laughs> but damn, dude. It's insane. So these are the two stories. And there's more stories. Like, I, I gotta, like, go back and think about what she's done. And, um... May God rest her peace. May God rest her soul, because she's a fucking lovely ass woman. But at the same time, wow, with a machete. Um, there are more stories about how savage she was, and maybe if you like the first one, if you listen to the first one and you want more, I'll probably put in more on the next few episodes of the next year. Grandma story. Let's talk about grandma stories. 
and remember as many as I can to tell you about them. How about that, huh? Hey, it's Evo. We're going to get back to the episode you're listening to, but first, let me tell you about Dark Fate Creations. Dark Fate Creations are candles that are vibrant, colorful, marble tops, amazing, mouth-watering fragrances, fueled by lovely braided cotton wicks. Paper threads woven into every cotton wick for a clean, romantic, slow, and consistent burn. Each candle is unique from the next as they are hand-mixed and hand-poured, right in Grass Valley, California. They use only coconut and soy waxes for a safer, cleaner, and longer burn time. That's almost 72 hours. That's like binging on all 130 episodes of the podcast. All fragrance blends have been heavily researched. Dark Fate Creations not only care about the look, fragrance, and quality of their candles and their other products, but also the effects they have in their customers' homes. So go to darkfatecreations.com. The link will be in the show notes. Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening. Welcome back. And don't forget to type in discount code EVO when you're purchasing adult toys on PleasurePassport.shop. 20% off. Cool? Cool. Okay. So, we're back. And this is another recap and review of Glow on Netflix. And this one is Season 1, Episode 9. Glow Season 1, Episode 9, titled The Liberal Chokehold, written by Liz Flahiv and Carly Mensch. The creators are back. That's fucking awesome. Directed by Lynn Shelton, two-time Emmy-nominated actress and director. She has directed TV shows such as Mad Men, New Girl, Shameless, The Good Place, Santa Clarita Diet on Netflix, Ghosted, Five episodes of Glow and Little Fires Everywhere being the last time she directed. She sadly passed away on May 16, 2020 at age 54 from acute myeloid leukemia, a cancer of the blood. Rest in peace. Synopsis with the show's future in jeopardy. Bash and the ladies search for creative ways to drum up cash. A pair of revelations leave Sam reeling. Cold open, a news report talks of TWA Flight 847, which was hijacked five days ago by Shia Muslims, is now sitting on the tarmac of Beirut Airport. Yeah, got that, the Beirut Airport. They have an exclusive interview with the pilot, Captain John Testrack. The Glow Girls are in someone's motel room watching the interview. Trans World Airlines Flight 847 was a flight from Cairo to San Diego with en route stopped in Athens, Rome, Boston, and Los Angeles. On the morning of June 14, 1985, Flight 847 was hijacked shortly after takeoff from Athens. The hijackers demanded the release of 700 Shia Muslims from Israeli custody and took the plane repeatedly to Beirut 
and Algiers. Later, Western analysis considered them members of the Hezbollah group, an allegation Hezbollah rejects. The passengers and crew endured a three-day intercontinental ordeal. Some passengers were threatened and some beaten. Passengers with Jewish-sounding names were separated from the others. United States Navy diver Robert Statham was murdered and his body was thrown onto the apron. Dozens of passengers were held hostages over the next two weeks until released by their captors after some of their demands were met. In the 1986 movie, The Delta Force, starring Chuck Norris, drew inspiration from these events. Tammy comments that the bathroom of the plane has to be disgusting by now. Stacy says that there's nobody else on board, that they took off everyone else and hid them in Hezbollah. Melrose says that they're in Beirut, that Hezbollah is a group of people. The city they're in is Beirut. Artie, who is Beirut, the mad bomber on GLOW, asked that they stop saying that word. Everyone gets uncomfortable and the GLOW logo appears on the screen. Next scene, Debbie meets her husband Mark at a cafe, saying that she's sorry she's late, but she had her own hostage situation, referring to their son, Randy. She says that the hijackers have nothing on their little terrorist. She tells him she'll be back at 5. He asks if she's taking off, and she says he has practice in an hour. He says that in an hour he could have three meals. She sits down, saying that she's not staying for him, but the motel has no food, and she needs to load up on carbs. Mark jokingly tells Randy, look at Mommy go. Look how scary Mommy is eating. Sam sits with a group of executives at KDTV, Ronald Reagan, reporting that the hostages have been freed. Glenn Klitnick comments that it's too bad the hostage situation is over, that it was a ratings bonanza, and right there is the truth. All they want is the ratings. Everybody. All the fucking stations. That's why they throw in all the horrible situations. He shows Sam the GLOW programming lineup, slotting in a chalkboard. They're between Dr. Gene Scott and Miyamoto Musashi, a new anime. I uh, look both of them up. They seem legit, especially the anime. Sam quips that they're between a nutjob televangelist and an oriental cartoon. Glenn says that he'd be surprised that it's a great slot. Glenn says that overall they're extremely positive on the show, but they do have a few notes. They didn't like the colorful language or the KKK. What did they what they did love was the two black girls. Sam sarcastically says, Oh, did you now? Glenn says, Social beneficial programming is part of our mission. Bash finally arrives, apologizing for being late. He asks if they're determining a filming location yet. Glenn is surprised they wouldn't have that already. Sam is, however, says that they have a great venue already picked out. Bash asks if maybe KDTV has an extra studio as an alternative. Glenn says that they were very explicit that KDTV provides the cameras and airwaves and they provide everything else. It's part of the reason they agreed to it. Bash calls it first-time producer jitters. The meeting ends and as they walk outside, Sam asks Bash where he's been for two weeks. Sam bash baffles and Sam says that doesn't need to hear 
his travel itinerary. He needs $9,000 so he doesn't lose the venue. Bash tells him that there is no more money, that his mother cut him off. He tried to turn the money around at the racetrack, but his horse came in seventh. Sam says, what about Glow? What about his movie? They had an agreement that he's the human checkbook. If he's not, then he's just an over-eager fanboy who sold 14 women on some crazy pipe dream. Bash says it's not over yet, but Sam realizes that when there's no more money, it's over. He leaves. Oh, fuck. At some point, somebody made it like a whole thing that to say pipe fanboy wasn't a word in 1986. Okay, you know what? Shut up. Doesn't fucking matter. Leave it alone. So whoever wrote that IMDb on IMDb, let it go. We cut to the gym. Sam breaks the bad news to the girls. He says that you can't be canceled if you never actually aired. They're on hiatus and should probably start looking for other jobs. Debbie says they've all worked really hard and Carmen agrees that she doesn't talk to her dad anymore. She wanted us so badly. Um, Big Giant Johnson, who is a real wrestler, I guess. Uh, Ruth says she's done so many plays with no budget where they had to build their own scenery. She wants to appear pan being carried around by stagehands for three hours because they couldn't afford a flying rig. Debbie asks how much they need and Sam replies that it's $9,000. Everyone groans or curses. Debbie says they can't make that in their sleep. They can fundraise. She says they should do a car wash. Ruth agrees that everyone in LA has a car. Debbie agrees. They can wear bikini tops and pretend to fawn over everyone's cars. Her college sorority raised thousands of dollars for world hunger and used it to remodel the deck. Next scene, Bash meets with his mother, Birdie, who is played by Elizabeth Perkins, who has starred in 63 episodes of Weeds, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, the 2016 Ghostbusters remake. Did anybody like enjoy that one? The Moody's, and she was also one of the voices of alternate Aunt May in the 2023 film Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Bertie comments that all she had to do to get him over to the house was to freeze his trust. She says that she'll remember that and has him hand her a pair of reading glasses. He asks about the scene chart she's examining if his sister Lily is getting remarried. She tells him that his sister left the Persian months ago. She's having a fundraiser for Nancy Reagan's Just Say No campaign. No Hope for Dope? Is that what that was? <laughs> what was it? Say no to drugs. Say nope for her hope. Nope. Dope. Oh, God. She calls the calligraphy on the invitations terrible, and he agrees that it's a lot to produce. She has a lot of people counting on her. She asks what he wants, and he tells her he's requesting a thaw. She tells him that she won't, that he, he's spent hundreds of thousands of dollars in less than three months. She can't imagine where all the money has gone unless he's running for office. He tells her the truth about Glow, saying that it's the first time he's put her money into something he really cares about. He just needs 9000 more to finish what he started. He calls it an opportunity for her to get in on a new venture. 
saying he can get her a business plan. He suggests that she come on down to the gym and see it herself. She is less than enthusiastic about the idea. He asked her to come in. He asked her to cut him a check and he'll pay her back. She asked us when is it that they talk so openly about money. He says that he has people counting on him and that it's important. She tells him that keeping poor black children off crack is important to her. She says she needs him at the party when on time and to introduce her since Bill Buckley canceled. The girls hold their car wash outside the motel. A car pulls up and Debbie says that it's $10 for a hand wash or $20 for interior work. The man agrees to do $20. Sam sits and watches, smoking. Justine approaches him, asking if he really thinks the show might go away. He says that it's not sleepaway camp, it's a job, and that all jobs are a crapshoot. She stares and he asks if he stole more of his stuff. She walks away. Mark pulls up and Debbie says that she didn't invite him. He says he wanted to support women's sports. Additionally, they gave him a new parking spot at work and his car is filthy from the fig tree. It's been underneath. She tells him he'll have to pay double for the fig juice. He says it's okay. Sam stares at Mark asking if that's the guy. Ruth, who walked away from washing a car after noticing Mark, says that he is. And Sam says that he's not what he expected. Ruth asks if he was expecting Sean Penn. Sam says that he was expecting someone less like a giant Cabbage Patch Kid. That he, he's even better looking than him. Yeah, I mean, he's true. Ruth says she's a sucker for non-threatening, unavailable men who compliment her. Cherry has inside, complaining of soap in her eyes, and asks Keith, who is lifting weights, why he isn't helping. He says he doesn't look good in a bikini. Yet. The phone ring he gets in is for Cherry. She asks who it is and he says it's a chick named Mallory. Mallory, the J-agent from the first A scene of the pilot episode. She's looking at Cherry's headshot. She says Cherry Vang can't possibly be her real name. Cherry asks if she knows her. She says she got her name from Clint Nick. KDTV is developing a show called Chambers and Gold. Essentially Cagney and Lacey with a blacker on a Jew. They like to bring her in to try out for it. Cherry is surprised. Mallory tells her that the audition is tomorrow, 646-4, sunset. Keith asks what the call was about. She says she thinks she just got an audition. 6464 sunset is still the address for the building of Hollywood offices. Hi everyone, I'm Lisa. And I'm Dawn. And if you've ever watched a TV show and thought to yourself, oh my god, that season finale plot twist was absolutely bonkers. Or seen a movie and thought, wow, I need to talk to somebody about this train wreck immediately. Then we think you'll fit right in with our podcast, I Hate It, Let's Watch It. We watch TV shows like Riverdale and Emily in Paris. And movies like Deep Water, Killer Sofa, Rubber, and Devil Illusions. And we give them the total rinse they deserve. It's basically group therapy for movie masochists. So come check us out wherever you stream podcasts. Movies and feelings. Pop, pop. Bring Your Own Popcorn is a podcast that dives into people and the movies who love them. Let us preach to your choir or stoke your ire as we spiral down memory lane with cult classics, jurassics, and other genres that rhyme with traffic. What we lack in education, we make up for with comedy, compassion, and camaraderie. I'm your host, Mixtape Majesty, inviting you to join me and an assortment of wonderful guests on fine podcast apps everywhere. 
Bring your own popcorn. Next scene, the girls and Sam gather around a campfire that night. Bash shows up and Melrose calls him the little match girl. I didn't know what that was in reference to, so I googled Little Match Girl. It is a literary fairy tale by Danish poet and author Hans Christian Andersen. The story about a dying child's dream and hope. It was first published in 1845. It has been adapted to various media, including animated, live action, and VR films, as well as television musicals. And that's exactly what Bash is. His dying dream and hope is wrestling and getting the TV show out there. <laughs> and the way that Melrose just calls him, Oh, look, it's the little match girl. Hi. And he just takes it in. Like, fuck you. <laughs> Bash clears his throat. Cherry says he doesn't look poor. Debbie says he's not poor. He's broke. There's a big difference. Bash asks to talk to Sam. He says that the, he can say whatever he wants in front of the girls. He says that he spoke to his mother and begged. Begged. That it wasn't easy. Ruth says that clean dead, that they cleaned dead skin out of a holstery to try to keep things afloat. Bash asks how much did they make. Sheila, holding the take, says that it was $287, though she hasn't counted the change yet. Ruth says that they'll have another car wash. Do one every day until they raise enough money. Melrose agrees, saying they'll step up their game and go topless also. Bash says that his mother's having a fundraiser. It doesn't matter what it's for. It's a room full of rich people with open checkbooks. He suggests they crash it. Debbie asks if they get to dress up. Of course they do. So they crash the fundraiser. Sam asks Ruth why they're all dressed like fancy Mormons. She tells him that Bash said to look conservative and they didn't have a lot of other options. Uh, Ruth here is wearing the same outfit as her audition. A callback just like in the first scene in the pilot episode where she auditions for Mallory. Both of these episodes, this one and the ep pilot were written by the creators of the show, Lev Flahiv and Carly Mensch, so it's no surprise there that they used Mallory again. Bash greets a man named Gary at the door who tells him he's on the list for plus one, not 20. Bash tells him that these are the, the girls, in quotation, the girls. He asks if he means the former drug act, and Bash agrees that they're from Wad. You know, Wrestlers Against Drugs. Yeah. Gary says again that they're not on the list. And Bash says that it's because they're... That they've turned their lives around. He introduces Jenny. Saying that just two months ago she was selling her body for a crack. And now she's training every day. She came here tonight to tell her story. And just as Jenny is about to talk, Bash interrupts and says, Through a translator. Because she doesn't speak English. Jenny just sits there, stands there, agreeing. Gary lets them in, telling them not to mingle, not to steal, nothing. 
Sam, last one in the door, walks in before telling Gary he's their drug counselor. Please choose life. Inside, Bertie tells the guests that she thinks that in 1986, they will not only keep the Senate, but break the liberal chokehold on the House also. Bertie's making reference to keeping control of the Senate and doing well in the U.S. House elections of 1986. That year, the Republican lost eight Senate seats and control of the Senate. They also lost five House seats. It, was, it wouldn't be until 1994 that the Republican Party would win control of both houses of Congress for the first time since 1954. Bash, here in Chokehold, says that she does like wrestling. See? Chokehold. Debbie steps up, smiling, introducing herself as a friend of Bash. Bertie says Debbie wears a lot of makeup. Debbie says thank you, but is confused by that remark. Sam is hanging out with Ruth, saying that it's ridiculous how they're supposedly fighting the drug war when really they're getting loaded on Curry Royales. He calls them all white, right-wing idiots, as she says he's grumpier than usual. He says that they lost the venue. The lady called him an hour ago. He says he's there to drink and not be alone before he never sees any of them again. She tells him that they'll find another venue, that they may be down, but they're not out. Sam says Ruth is like half Pollyanna, half Vince Lombardi, Ruth says she loves a good Hail Mary. She says she's going to charm some old people and steal their money. Sam approaches a couple of musicians asking if they have any blow. One says they don't and asks if they want some. So they do some blow. Using a picture of Ronald and Nancy Gregan as a base. That was pure irony right there. I was fucking laughing my ass off at that. Let's do... Fucking blow on top of Ronald and Nancy Reagan's picture. One of the musicians says that two more of the Beverly Hills parties and they can get studio time. Sam agrees, saying that he's been making a wrestling TV show just to fund his next movie. He says that he's been working on it for 10 years. A semi-autobiographical, psychosexual, time travel drama. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> the, musician, the musician asks just what that means. It's the same. And Sam lays out the plot of the film. Okay, so it's about an all-American boy who can't stop jerking off to fantasy books about having sex with his mother. Yes. One of the musicians' face goes from excited to hear about what it's about to what the hell did I walk into? What? What was that again? Sam says, right. Jerk power. It makes him hate himself. So he builds a time machine to go into the future where she's old and hideous so he can escape the Oedipal impulses. But he puts the wrong date in the machine and goes back in time instead to the 1950s where she's just a horny teenager and she spends the rest of the movie just trying to fuck him instead of his dad. That's awfully familiar. Another of the musicians says that he's already seen that film, Sam describing. Sam says, no, he hasn't. He hasn't made it yet. It's called Mothers and Lovers. The musician said it's called Back to the Future. <laughs> he says it's just open and it's really funny. Sam sighs and curses. They made my movie? Oh, my God. Alright, back at the party, Melrose goes for alcohol. Rhonda reminds her that they're supposed to be sober, and Melrose suggests that she fall off the wagon 
and sober up by the end of the party. Rhonda says they'll go to a bar afterwards instead. Root talks with Debbie, saying that's what she's learned, and that she really likes candelabra scones. Sconces? Scones. Debbie says that she's learned not to look directly into Basher's mom's eyes. She says that she knows Mark has been around a lot lately, and she appreciates Ruth getting the fuck out the way. Get out the way. Move, bitch. Get out the way. She tells Ruth that Mark wants to work things out for her to come home and try and go to therapy. Ruth asks what she's going to do, and she admits she doesn't know. She says that Debbie will get something else after the show doesn't pan out that she always has. Debbie says that the craziest part of all this is that she actually likes wrestling. It's like she's backing her body and it doesn't belong to Randy or to Mark. She feels like a superhero. She admits though that things are a mess, asking what it'll look like even if they get the money they need. Nobody might even watch it as they're not even that good. Ruth says she knows, but and she stopped in mid-sentence. And it looks like they're getting along again, but Ruth realizes what she did, so she looks away. Debbie tells Ruth she's sometimes sad that she took away the option of them being able to have a normal conversation. Back upstairs, Justine finds Sam laying on the floor of a room listening to a record of Perry Como's magic moment. She walks into a room and closes the door behind her, asking him if he's okay. He says he didn't recognize her. She asks if she can talk to him, and he agrees that she can join his pity party. Back downstairs, Bash toasts Bertie for organizing the event. He says that he'd like to introduce some powerful woman, woman who has struggled with drug addiction and found that coming to the gym every day to learn how to wrestle has kept him sober. The woman of Wad. You know, wrestlers are against drugs. He asks everyone to listen to their stories and open their checkbooks. For the love of God, comments Bertie, whispering. Carmen gets up first, spinning a story about how hitting her low point two months before waking up naked and high on the crack. The rest all spin their stories of getting high on the crack. Melrose mentions her rehab facilities that she has gone, giving them some authenticity to the stories. And Jenny, speaking in her Cambodian language, Kumer. Bertie tells Bash to tell the girls to stop talking and introduce her already. She sa- he says there's just one more. One more, Mom. Wait for it. Ruth steps forward saying she's made terrible decisions. Some she doesn't even remember. She hit rock bottom when she slept with her friend's husband. Sober and insecure, acting out of a deep well of resentment, and it fucked up a real friendship. But she found wrestling and it saved her. Going to the gym every day and seeing the women struggle to use their bodies and learn something new. It's better feeling than drugs. Specifically, the crack. Bash gives Ruth a thumbs up as he's smiling. like to drink wine? Do you like to talk about your favorite things and rank them in categories? Then you have come to the right place. 
Welcome to The Sip List, a podcast where, you guessed it, we drink lots of wine and make lists of all our favorite things. My name's Amanda, and each week my guest and I will review a favorite wine we're drinking, or if they aren't cool enough to drink wine, then the lame beverage of their choice. And then we will rank our top five favorites of different things in different categories. You can expect to hear all kinds of things, from favorite horror movies to favorite Disney characters, favorite true crime books to favorite women in history. The episodes will be diverse, but they will always include wine, lists, and lots of laughs. You can find The Sip List on social media. On Facebook, just search The Sip List Pod. Be sure to like the page and join the private Facebook group for the most up-to-date info on everything that's happening. You can also find us on Instagram at The Sip List Pod. I'm really excited to bring you guys some fun and amazing content, and I hope you'll join me on this journey. And until next time, whenever life is tough, just keep sipping. In a world where true crime meets the supernatural and the unexplained. Where true crime and chills go hand in hand. Welcome to Total Conundrum, the podcast that explores the dark, the eerie, and the downright mysterious. Join us as we embark on a spine-tingling journey through the mysteries that keep you up at night. We're diving deep into true crime stories, uncovering the most baffling cases, and exploring the twisted minds behind them. But we don't stop there. We're also exploring the paranormal, from haunted houses to cryptids and all the creepy things that go bump in the night. Get ready for some supernatural thrills. And what sets us apart? Prepare for a dose of dark humor as we navigate through the creepy and bizarre. <laughs> We've got it all. Bone-chilling tales, banter, and mind-boggling conundrums. You won't know whether to scream or laugh. <laughs> so grab your favorite snack, turn down the lights, and join us for a roller coaster ride of true crime and the supernatural sprinkled with a bit of comic banter. Stay curious, stay captivated, and let's dive into the world of Total Conundrum. Now available on your favorite podcast platform. Get ready to be captivated, creeped out, and cracked up with Total Conundrum. The fundraiser is a hit. Bertie grabs a check from Ruth calling it a misappropriation of solicited funds. She asks Ruth for her name and she gives it. She says that she's always been embarrassed by Bash's obsession with wrestling. She's been embarrassed by a lot of things about him. Wrestling, though, always sounded like pure trash. Fuck you, Bertie. <laughs> she tells Ruth that's what she said. It's the first time she's come close to getting what all the fuss is about. She thanks her. Asking Bash again, what is it that he needs? He says again that it's $9,000. She tells him she's not giving him any more money. But they do have a ballroom at the Hayward. She asks if maybe that's too fancy for wrestling. He says that it isn't. That it's great. Perfect. Bertie takes the check away from Bash and walks away. Ruth says that he should hug her, but he says they don't do that here. Upstairs again, Sam talks with Justine, both sitting on the bed. 
saying that he worked on things so long only for someone to get there first. He wonders why he even bothers to try to make anything. She says that's what he does. He says she's probably the only one who still cares about his work. She agrees that she does, and he says he's going to stop trying. It's not about the next thing, because that'll never happen. It's just whatever's in front of you. He says that she is pretty. But he doesn't even know if she's over 18. He says he doesn't care and kisses her. Come on! Ew! Whoa there! Yo! She pulls away, shocked. He's confused, saying... She's been following him around like a puppy. Gross. She screams at him, I am your daughter! What? <laughs> the big reveal right here. Her mother is Rosalie Biaggi from Sacramento. Sam says he never lived in Sacramento. I did. Me. I still don't know her. She tells him he was at a Black Panther rally and got kicked out. Went to her bar and went home with her. He thinks about it. Oh? He says. He curses. He crosses his arms. <laughs> the way he crosses his arms. So petty. So fucking. Like with his lip curling. Like what do you want? <laughs> I. So whatever. Um, he's like asking what it is that she wants. If it's money or ben, bone marrow. Because you know. Hey, we're related. I want your um, your fucking body or whatever. She just stands there and he asks her to stop looking at him. She flees the room. He continues to sit there for another minute with his arms crossed. And then the scene turns to black and Perry Como's magic moment plays again as the episode ends. So in conclusion, Justine is Sam's daughter. She wasn't trying to like you know, stalk him. She only applied to be a wrestler because she wanted to be closer and get to know her father and then didn't want him selling out, so that's why she sold. She took the video, the camera, the camera, the video camera, and blamed it on Rhonda. She wanted, she didn't want her father, whatever, you know what I mean, but still. There is also the progression between Ruth and Devi as they are now able to talk a little bit to each other apart from that whole um, montage of them training and them fighting each other. They're still not friends. Maybe Devi will forgive Ruth who just basically apologized to a room full of strangers and 13 other women about how much of a shithead she is. Um, and all in all, this wasn't a bad episode. Um... It really wasn't. It's like, eh, it's episode 9. The 10th episode, the last episode, so it's like, alright, here's this right here. You guys lost the venue, but let's see what else we can do for you. I guess I can get behind the whole bash begging for his trust fund back, but not getting any money still. He basically has to work for it now. Uh, for the Sam part, there could have been a redder, better written part instead of the whole I don't care if you're not older than 18 part. Uh, he just looks like a creep and pedophile now. Like, I can't get out of my head. It's like, dude, you almost tried to, like, kiss this girl who you thought was, like, younger than 18. You didn't care. And now, you know, what if Justine wasn't his daughter? Like, I 
real. I wish they didn't do that. They should have written something else other than that. Um, but yeah, it it was it was an alright episode, I guess. Um, what did you guys think of it? And with that, we wrap up the 2023 season. That's it. Next episode will probably be in the middle of January, and it will be the season finale of season one of Glow. And it's Royal Rumble month. So I can't wait to tell you what I got planned on the show going forward. The 2023 wrap-up. This has been the 2023 wrap-up. Thank you for hanging out. As always, follow us on our socials and support us from under the apron on Instagram, the threads, YouTube, apron underscore stories on the Twitter. Catch us live streaming on an app near you. More info on the links on where you can listen or watch in the show notes. Listen to us on Apple, Spotify, or any other audio media you can listen to podcasts on. Don't forget to rate us and leave us a review. And if you feel you want a little bit more, go to patreon.com forward slash from under the apron podcast. Support us on the Patreon. Become a top tier patron and get patron privileges. And I'll shout you out at the end of every episode. Like Babel V, Menace Smiling, Damien H. From the Life of a 30-Year-Old podcast. Chanel from the Nerds in Texas podcast. Cloudy November from the No is a Sentence podcast. I'll have the links to these podcasts in the show notes so you can all check them out. You gotta love them. Also, since you're here, you might as well go to pleasurepassport.shop and type in the word discount code EVIL. Get 20% off everything you buy. I told you I would do that again. Link will be in the show notes. Also, shouting a little shout out here. Miniature Mommy, Little Monster Atlas, OMG is Ren, Hannah Time, Lisa's Journey, Asia Shadow 666, Marijuana Barbie, Queen of the Underworld, Disney Queen 75, Little Miss Confidence, Greenery, Hey, it's me, your favorite chick, Jaded Samia, Kit Kat 222, Narcissus, Princess and the Weed, Dalo 17, Baby XOXO, Tiana Taylor, Pixie Ocean Dust, Mighty Sovereign, I Drink Boy Tears, Starlet Sky, Don't Mind, Sunshine Soul Vibe, Strawberry Milk, Cookie Monster Kalani, La Chica 2332, Double Mint Bitch, Datterall, Ionic James, Pulse Firemark, Frenchie Moms, Catastrophe, Scotty Does Know, Audacious Ducky, Little Earthling, Bait Man's Imagination, Yahoo Yahoo, Kit Katater, I said it right, in the name of Jacques Hay, Smokey Ray, Donnie Real Talk, Blessed Be the Village, Back Against the Wall, Original Loki Faded, The Con Man 98, Cowboys Fan, Plummy Chummy, The Rent is Late, Starry Eyes, Ben Smith 1995, Fluffy Panda 420, Trent, Haley, Red Candy, It's About Time 2.0, Who the Fuck Cares 31, Roach710, Beatrix Kiddo, King's Flash, Claire Hugs, Claire Bear, Mushroom Forest, and Baby Lane. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Patreon.com forward slash from the podcast. Get your name shout out. Support the podcast. Check out the show notes for links to other podcast trails that you heard in this episode. Send us a message of your favorite wrestling stories, questions, comments, or requests at our email. It is from under the apron at gmail. Com. Thank you for listening all throughout the year, joining the live, and being a huge part of this awesome, amazing community. Tell your friends! Go 
join us next year for more behind-the-scenes stories, movies, and TV show reviews when we come to you from Under the Apron. I'm evil, I'm proud of y'all, and I love your faces. That's a wrap. Face love like a dove.